0: Welcome to the Tell Me Your Stories podcast. I'm Dr. Eric Sims and today I'm here with a special guest Joe Laugh. Today we are continuing our series down in New Orleans, where we're here for the Steve Sims Speakeasy. Again, check it out on Instagram and check it out on Facebook. And also the fact is you might hear a little bit of noise in the background and all that, because we are doing this outside. So just hear the good story and we'll go from there folks. Anyway, Joe, thanks for being on my podcast.
1: Man, it's an honor.
0: Awesome. Yeah.
1: Happy to be in New Orleans. Uh, surrounded by a bunch of like-minded people great atmosphere it's uh, been good stuff hasn't it yeah man good food uh, like I said good food good people yeah what
0: more can you ask for I, mean, I don't think you can ask for anything uh, know maybe I mean? good drinks and we found well, them I'm, too. We, didn't found we a lot of good drinks <laughs> 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 so um, you know you know it's just sitting up sitting there thinking about beignets and all that you know they're not bad no they're not as great as some people think but they're not bad
1: they're-
0: <laughs> Glorified
1: funnel cake, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, I mean, I'll still take my chocolate croissant any day of the week, but, you know, (laughs) that's just my own personal preference. So, Joe, you're here to tell us your story. So where does your story begin? Uh, If
1: it's cool with you, I'm just going to start from the beginning, give you uh, like a little bit of background. Sure. And then I'll go into the, maybe the meat of my story to me.
0: Yeah, let's do it.
1: All right. So I grew up in central Illinois, Mm -hmm. a town of about 600 people. My grandparents had never locked their door in their entire life. I don't know that my parents ever did. I
0: grew up that way. I understand.
1: Uh, so it was, you know, just a great environment to be surrounded by. Um, everybody knew everybody. Uh, was, my father owned an insurance agency. Uh, my mother worked at a hospital. Um, I couldn't ask for like I would not change one thing from the from the way I grew up. You know, it was great. Uh, small schools you know, 10 people in my class, uh, as I think in eighth grade, uh, seven towns consolidated. Uh, we formed a big school. I got to play football. I got to do all that kind of stuff. Uh, and my parents, like I said, one of the oldest insurance agencies in the entire state of Illinois. Uh, my family owned it and, uh, it was kind of the plan that, you know, that's the route I would take, uh, with state farm being, uh, Headquarters in Bloomington, Illinois, which is about 30 miles. Uh, they had an insurance program, and off I went. You know, I was—that's where I was going—and uh, found out rather quickly that you know insurance wasn't for
0: me. And uh, <laughs> you know, my brother sells insurance, and I, I don't know how he does it because insurance yeah. wasn't for me. The idea of doing that was not for me either. but go No, ahead.
1: so <laughs> I had worked on. Farms, my my whole life, you know. Mm -hmm. When I got off school, there'd be a pickup truck in the the parking lot,
0: and I'd jump (laughs) in and
1: I would go do whatever, you know, and and come home and be home in time for supper. And that's kind of what I had always done, and you know, I I love that. And then I went to sit in my dad's office, and I was like, man, this, you know, this ain't for me. And my dad's like, all right, if you're not gonna do this, either pick something you want to do, but I'm not gonna pay for your school, fiddle around and drink and party and have fun you know yeah no that makes sense so a walmart distribution center opened up Mm -hmm. uh in spring valley illinois i was like cool so i went and applied i got the job and it was not fun work but it was work you know and i was getting paid and uh i took the leadership uh started there um their their training was amazing uh i learned a whole lot Mm -hmm. and uh it took me all over the, the Midwest, pretty much. I went to, I mean, they have a distribution center scattered everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. Like I Amazon. got to, uh, yeah, exactly, like Amazon now. And uh, I got to experience you know, a lot of different cultures. Okay. And uh, ultimately it, it formed a lot of my beliefs today. And cool. uh, so long story short, I married, uh, my wife is from Panama. Cool. And uh, to say that the Illinois cold did not agree with her would be an understatement. <laughs> so she's like, "We got, we got to find somewhere warm." Sure. I'm like, "All right, cool." So it, it took a while, and uh, two years ago, we settled in Houston, Texas. Okay. Uh, the company that I work for now had just purchased that plant, uh, and it was a lot of work at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard to find a house, you know. That was when everything was just going like. We would put an offer in, and they would have 25 of them that day. Right. You know, so it it took a while, but I finally found a place that pretty much, I mean, there's lakes, parks, walking trails, anything that you could want is right in our subdivision. Nice. And uh, my wife and daughter enjoyed it, not so much me. Okay. (laughs) I I was always at work. Sure, sure. I told them, I was like, hey, you know, work's getting better. I'm going to finally be able to start doing this stuff with you all. You know, looking forward to it. And, uh, like, my stomach had been bothering me, and I got a pretty good pain tolerance. Sure. And uh, held out, I held out, and finally one Sunday morning I woke up and I was like, you know, I'm just going to shoot over to the prompt care and see what they say. Okay. And they did all their little stuff, and they're like, you know, we can't find anything, so we're just going to do a quick scan they were gone forever. I actually fell asleep in the room. <laughs> they came back and tapped me on the shoulder, and there was four doctors there. Oh, wow. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Something may be wrong here, yeah. you know, You get that yeah. sneaky feeling, yeah. and uh, sure enough, they said, you know, you have a, a very large tumor. Uh, there's nothing that we can do for it right now, uh-huh. but you need to make an appointment, and we'll give you some names, and you need to go get that checked out right now so i was like all right so i did i went and uh he's like well there's a good chance that it might not be cancer so you'll you'll go back we'll you know give you some dye yeah and and we'll we'll find out where we're at okay well of course you know you're hoping for the best but expecting the worst and i got the worst it was cancer um they said all right, the good news is that it has not spread. We caught it early enough that it didn't spread throughout your whole body, so we just gotta remove uh, your kidney, and then when we get in there to remove your, your kidney, we'll see you know what else we see. Right, I was like, all right. So, did the whole thing, called my parents, mm-hmm. got all, everything together, and uh, I guess six-year-olds don't like making plans, <laughs> they're, they're a great record of plans, maybe. So my daughter was six at the time. She's seven now. Uh-huh. And we had everything set up. You know what? My, my mom and dad would be with me at the mm-hmm. hospital. My wife would take care of my daughter, get her to school, all that fun stuff. And uh, I went and did my surgery. Everything was fine. I slept in the hospital that night. And at 5 o'clock in the morning, my daughter was fully dressed, Hair comb, teeth brut, everything. Mom, I want to go see dad. I want to go see dad. She stalled, stalled. Finally, she called and she's like, Hey, I can't stall anymore. Can Can Isabella come see you? And I'm like, Absolutely. You know, that's the one thing I wanted to see. And right. Like, More so than anything in the world. And uh, they're on their way. I finally try to eat something. I hate like a little thing of jello, you know? Mm-hmm. And. Uh, My wife called, said, hey, we're getting on the elevator. And uh, when she made that phone call, like, my whole entire stomach just started to freeze up on me. Right. And I put my head over to the side of the bed, and I was just puking and crying, puking and crying. And, uh, like, everything that they had cut out was tearing. Like, I could just feel it tearing. I'm like, oh, my God. And I see my mom take off, and she stops my daughter. Uh Uh-huh. So at least she didn't get to come in the room. But the whole entire hospital heard me, I do believe. And, uh, of course, she heard me as well. Sure, sure. So now her dad's sick. Well, I'm laying there, and I can feel eyes on me. Uh And uh, every now and again, I open my eyes, and I see my daughter, and her head would be poked around the corner of the room, and she would just wave at me and take off running. And this goes on the whole entire, I mean, it kept going on, kept going on, kept going on. I finally looked out the window, and it was pitch dark. Mm -hmm. And I asked my mom, I said, you know, hey, and she's like, well, we're going to go eat. And I'm like, okay, what time is it? And she said, oh, it's 9 o'clock at night. She said, Isabella won't leave the lobby, and she won't come in, but she will not leave. She won't go to eat. She won't do nothing. We finally talked her into it. And, uh, you know, that that really changed, for me, a lot of different perspectives that I had. Mm-hmm. And uh, luck, I guess luckily for me, I had plenty of time to think about it. You know, mm-hmm. sitting in a hospital room by yourself, the only thing you really have time to do is think. Right. And uh, I was like, you know what, with so many options that she could have done as as a six-year-old, mm-hmm. uh, the, the fact that she stayed there and did that means more to me than anything in the entire world. That's and awesome. uh, I'm like, I'm going to figure out why. It, that was the question, why? You know, they always say the most important question you can always ask is why. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to put this to the test. And
0: uh, let me pause you right there for just a second. Yep. And we're back. You're just telling us that you were thinking about your why, and they always talk to ask you about, you know, what is your why? So, what did you come up
1: with? Um, like I said, you know, I had a lot of time. I had nothing but time, so I got to really sit on it, and I, I think that was probably the, the best thing for me is I didn't like snap conclusion come to my why. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I took time with it, and uh, the premise that I came up with is uh, promises. Um, of course, my daughter did that, and I was grateful. But she wasn't the only one that was there for me. I mean, I had so many messages from people that I really hadn't heard from in quite a long time. I had family there with me, and the main thing that I could come up with is, you know, I had always kept my promises. When uh, I told, you know, when I said I was going to do something, I did it, and. Uh, people resonate with that. You know, you could say a man of your word, however you want to do it, but when I said something, I did it. And uh, people always respected that. I never asked for anything in return. And at the same time, I wanted to be able to repay my daughter. So, I kind of flipped it on myself. And I thought, you know what? The best thing that I can do for my daughter is to be the example. And, uh, I realized that I did not keep promises to myself. Uh, So I kept a lot of promises to a lot of different people, but I would constantly tell myself I was going to do something, and I would always find something better to do. (laughs) So I I, I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to start keeping the promises to myself. No matter how small they are, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to start with small, little bitty things. And I did. And Once you start keeping the promises that you make to yourself, I don't know how to really explain it or the scientific method of it, but when you're making the promises to yourself and you're keeping them, your brain starts working for you as opposed to against you. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna start walking every day. And as I'm doing it the first day, the second day my brain's telling me, hey, Look at this new Netflix series. Look at this. Look at that. And I was like, no. Nope. And I went out and I did it again. I keep doing that. By the fourth day, I'm looking at walking shoes online. <laughs> this, about two weeks later, instead of stopping at the gas station on the way home and picking up a Mountain Dew, I'm bringing uh, unsweet tea or something. You know, I'll, I'll, my brain's starting to say, hey, you're walking. I know your fat ass is going to start wanting to run, <laughs> so we're going
0: to we're
1: going to start we're going to start down this process. And uh, I just wanted to be the example that I put out there was something that my daughter would see and start to take take up in herself. And that's how I came up with the the power of promises. So, you know, for your listeners, I, I would really I would love for them to question that. You know, hey. Am I keeping my promises? And maybe there's some people that are great at keeping promises to themselves, mm-hmm. and they're generally known as an asshole to me or you. Sure.
0: You know that. Sure. No, I agree with that. Uh, and that.
1: And there's nothing wrong with that. No. And there's and there's nothing wrong to being a people person and you know doing everything for everybody. If, but but try to put them together. Try to try that marriage and, and see where you You know, see what see if you see the change. I, I mean, my management skills, everything that I've ever done has increased. You know, I, I always tell my guys, uh, someone will be hard at work, and I'll grab them by the shoulder, I'll say, hey guys, not all heroes wear capes, but let's go, let's do this. Uh, stuff like that, you know. Um, I, I really firmly believe that if you wanna start with anything in your life, start with your promises, uh, I wish it hadn't taken me 43 years to get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's why I'm
0: yeah. uh, uh, getting out here and beating the table on it. So. Okay. So then, you know, getting your message out there and letting people know. Because I agree 110% with you. You know, there are plenty of times where we will say to ourselves, no, it's not right. I should sacrifice or I should mm-hmm. this. But if we don't take care of ourselves, we can't do anything for anybody else, not family.
1: Yeah. No, it's the, the whole when the plane's going down, they tell you to put on your oxygen mask first type true. of situation. It's very true. and It doesn't make you an asshole to do it. I mean, no. Either. And okay. you can uh, affect the change that, that you want to see more so by doing the action as opposed to telling, you know, the whole do as I say, not as I do.
0: <laughs> so how are you from getting your message out there right now? Like, I know you spoke at the Orpheum Theater back in uh, August of mm-hmm. this year. Um, where else have you had a chance to really kind of talk about what you do every
1: day? Uh, this is to be honest this is my first podcast so okay yeah podcasting is new to me uh-huh. but I've, I'm, I've started with the people that I love the most so I've worked with uh, family members okay I've helped them uh, and then the guys that work for me in uh, in the factory um, they could they could see the change before a lot of my family actually could. Mm -hmm. You know, I spend a lot of my time there, you know. Sure. And uh, they would just start asking me little things, and I would say, yeah, hey, I'll show you how to do that. No problem. And uh, so I won't go into the... A lot of the things that I've worked with have been Mm -hmm. rather strange that I would have never dreamed that people struggle with.
0: (laughs) I can understand that. There's There's a lot of things out there. Yeah.
1: So... I'm actually learning some new stuff too That's awesome. and I mean it's like a growth process they're growing by uh, telling me they're, they're you know what they're struggling with and I'm growing by learning from it so I, I, right now everybody's winning uh, my my ultimate goal would be to uh, I'm working on a book mm-hmm. uh, I'm about 10,000 words into it okay Trying to get to that's not so easy, you know. (laughs) It's very hard. I've been working on it about six months now, so it will not be the best written book, I can promise you that. But you know, I'm no Shakespeare by any means, but it is something that a normal average person could pick up and read within a couple hours. Mm And have a concrete foundation to start with. Okay, so we're uh, a little
0: more Chaucer than Shakespeare. I can yes. deal with that. That's not <laughs> a problem. So as far as, my, my, you know, the one question I have, and this is probably the question a lot of people are probably thinking in their mind as they're hearing this story, mm-hmm. is what do you do when you kind of stray from the promise? You haven't failed yourself, but mm-hmm. some, you know, it's not a lot of times I find out promises to ourselves aren't really pass fail, are they? No. They're like levels. Yeah, exactly. So what do you do to yourself? How do you, you kind of course correct?
1: So my main thing is I never want to take two losses in a row. Okay. So I go by day. Okay. And uh, if I have a loss, I chalk it up. And at the end of the day, when I've lost... I figure out why, and I say, "All right, this is why I lost, and I'm gonna not make that mistake again." Okay. Uh, And I got a whole, I got a sheet that I made out. I don't have one here, but it's got ten different things on it. Mm -hmm. And I, essentially, is what I do is for 60 days, I pick one thing, and uh, that's what I. That is my promise for the next 60 days. Uh, I call it a 60-day challenge. um i'm good when i'm challenged mm-hmm. so so that word resonated with me more so than a goal or a vision you know that that didn't resonate with me so i picked challenge because if you challenge me to do something it's going to be hard to beat me okay but if you tell me hey this is my goal i'll be like eh. <laughs> so so that's why i picked challenge but i picked one thing and I, I do it for 60 days. I I got a piece of paper and I I got a bunch of other stuff underneath it Mm -hmm. that I come up with. And as long as I do seven out of them 10, I feel that I won that day. That's awesome. So I do have losses, but I always want to try to win at something Mm -hmm. to to offset that. Um, I was a heavy smoker. uh, So for 60 days, I I was like, all right, I'm going to quit. So I did. Uh, Uh, You still quit? I have not smoked since. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Uh, I drank Mountain Dew like like a fish. Like, Did you quit that?
0: Yes, sir. Congratulations. That's yeah. That's even harder,
1: I'd say. So. It, it, it was. Surprisingly, like everybody says smoking is so hard, and I had smoked for many years, but Mountain Dew
0: really was, was it's tough. A, it's addictive stuff. Yes. I I, don't, I, I have a self-proclaimed <laughs> soda-holic, so I yeah. understand.
1: <laughs> so I, I, that's the only way that I could... I mean, nobody's perfect, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I had so many imperfections that when I started adding them all up and writing them all down, I was overwhelmed. And uh, my plan was really, you know, I I plan to be here for a long time. So if I can just do, keep checking off my list 60 days at a time, by two or three years, I'm going to be pretty proud of where I am. And there's a lot of pride in the process. You know, you, you look back at it and it seems that, you know, the, I guess, what is it called, the gap? Yeah. From, you know, where you currently are to where you want to be. But when you break it down and, and, and start really digging in, just incremental little changes can go a long way.
0: You are so right there. You are so, so right. A lot of people don't realize just how small changes, how they really add up to big dreams and goals. But... Yeah,
1: and you know, w- whatever you want to do, break it down and and get in the nitty-gritty and start asking yourself some questions uh you know i'm i'm on linkedin facebook if you send me a like
0: a dm or whatever and say podcast well i'll tell you what go ahead and spell your name right now so people know okay so So it's j-o-e uh-huh l-a-u-f got it okay so you're on linkedin you're on are you on instagram i am not i'm not uh so you're gonna change that right
1: I'm going to have to, but to be honest with you, man, I I grew up on a farm. That was a deep sigh, folks. That was a deep sigh. (laughs) So to be honest, like totally transparent, I grew up on a farm. I love person-to-person contact, and the whole blasting everything out isn't my jam at all.
0: Uh, I I, I love, like, just sitting out here in this. You know what? I'm going to challenge you to actually, on your next challenge, your next 60-day challenge, write down... You, every day just take a picture of a win or a loss post it and just post that
1: i appreciate that that's great stuff and it's not something i would have thought of i i could almost take a picture of my sheet that i keep track of and, there you go i mean i got a whole binder of them so yeah.
0: now i'll start taking a picture before i put it in there it's perfect well joe thank you so much this has been awesome yeah By man fact, I, you're gonna I hope people really take this to heart and listen to it a couple times if they have to, just to get, because that's a great message. And I think,
1: you know, you know, two people come together and sit down, and I hope your listeners get something from this, but yet I got something from it as well. So when people collaborate and, and get out there, you know, everybody wins. Yes, and, they do. And, and that's what we want to see. So
0: Yes, they do. Awesome, man. Awesome job. Well, thank you for being here. Folks, that's our story for today. We'll talk to you soon.